If you have a copy of God's Word, I'd invite you to take it and open to the book of Habakkuk. We come to our last stop here, this last sermon in the book of Habakkuk, this minor prophet where we've been seeing the prophet deal with God at work in the nation of Israel and and showing how judgment is coming because of the sinfulness of the people of Israel. We've all had times in our lives when when we've come to to the spot, to the place where after um, a a long season um, of God dealing with us over something that that is wrong, that that we've been doing, we've tried to hide it, we've tried to ignore it, we've tried to put it to the side, and God has finally brought us to the place to where we know it's time to deal with it. That's where Habakkuk is. He came first out of frustration, out of anger, that, that the people of God were sinning against God, that, that they were not doing what God had called them to do. And then he got frustrated because of God's response and, and, and was resistant to the punishment that God said he was going to bring to his people. And as we walk through first chapter, second chapter, and now we come to the third chapter, we see this process happen in the life of Habakkuk that is really a picture of what happens in all of us as we come to a place where God deals with us. I wonder if you've been there, if you've thought through that. I was thinking earlier this morning about this very room. I was thinking about the fact that that when I was 17 years old, I sat up in a pew right up in that area, and for the last three or four years, the Lord had been dealing with me about going into full-time Christian ministry. I remember times in seventh grade, going to my science class at Alberton Elementary School and, and getting there early and the science teacher saying, where are you? You look like you're thinking about something a hundred miles away from here. And I was. I was processing through, is God really calling me to ministry? And, and what, what does that mean for my life? And I, I remember the Sunday that I got to the point, my senior year in high school, that I thought, this is, this, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be obedient to whatever God is calling me to do. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm going to be obedient. And I remember stepping out of that pew. I remember walking all the way around. It seemed like it took forever to get from up there, down those steps, all the way here to the front. But the Lord had brought me to the spot to where it was time to deal with the calling that he had placed on my life. And to be honest, those few years where I was ignoring it and not sharing it with others and not talking about that, I think you could make a case that there was disobedience there, unwillingness to follow what God was calling me to do. And so maybe there's something in your life that that you've been trying to hide or put to the side or just ignore. Habakkuk is at the place here in this text today where he is is settled. He knows that, that he's got to deal with what God is going to deal with and that he will be faithful. God will be faithful to see him through and to carry him through whatever comes in light of that. And so look with me at Habakkuk chapter 3, and this is verses 17 through 19. Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength 
He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Habakkuk comes to the point where he realizes that there are seasons of God's judgment and discipline in life. There are seasons of God's judgment and God's discipline in life. And I use both of those words because I'm talking to two different people in this room watching on this live stream. I'm talking to Christians who face God's discipline in their life and I would talk to those who are not Christians who are not following after Christ and in just a moment I want to warn you about the judgment that the scripture says is coming your way if you will not turn if you will not follow after Christ but Habakkuk knows that there is a season when things that are supposed to be normal are not going to happen just this week I was looking out onto our porch, washing some dishes, and was looking at the plants that, that we have, the, the tomato plants and the cu cucumber plants that are out in the pots on the porch. And where they had been full of tomatoes, not so full of cucumbers, but there was a few, I began to think the seasons are changing. Because where there had been fruit that was turning from green to red, it was all gone now. It was picked. It was on the counter there in the kitchen beside me. And, and the plants were starting to turn brown as the season begins to change. And I was thinking about this text. I was thinking about times in our lives, um, Monica and I, over the years when we planted a garden. And the plants looked wonderful. I remember one time in, in particular that, that the plants looked wonderful. I thought, this is going to be amazing. We could open a produce stand with what's coming. And nothing came. Nothing came. Habakkuk says, God is going to withhold the fruit. The plant will look like it should be producing figs or olives. But nothing will be produced because God is not going to bless us in this season because he is trying to get our attention because of our sinfulness. And there are times in your life when in your family, in your career, in the life of the church, that you think, I'm doing the recipe, God. I'm doing the dance. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's not from your heart. It's just trying to get God to do what you think he ought to be doing. Your heart is far from him. Or maybe there is even sin in your heart and 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 what what you're doing outwardly is just a facade that 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 your marriage really isn't as good and 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 you know why it's because of what you're thinking or what you're doing or what you're saying maybe maybe your career is not advancing and secretly you know why because you're skimming off of the side over here and god is withholding blessing to get your attention Friend, I, I would tell you that, that even at this spot in the life of Israel, God is acting out of kindness. E even at a time of, of discipline, God is acting out of kindness because he is a holy and a pure and a, a perfect God who will not and cannot tolerate sin. He, he will not tolerate rebelliousness. He will not tolerate unrighteousness. He will not tolerate impurity. And him holding back from us is a wake-up call to us from him it's him saying the bridge is out stop now don't go over the cliff 
We know, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, where we are headed. Listen to what Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15 say. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Democrat, Republican, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, black, white, it will not matter on that day. John saw a day coming and the earth and the sky tried to get away from it because of the heaviness, because of the, the, the impending judgment of God. But even the earth and the sky could not flee away. The only ones to escape the judgment of God on that day were those whose names were written in the book of life. How, how do you get your name written in the book of life? That, that is a wonderful question. The Bible tells us that the way for our names to be written in the book of life is to turn to Jesus Christ. You see, God is pure and he's holy and he's perfect. But he's also gracious and kind and patient. And it's out of that grace and mercy that he sent into this world one who would live perfectly. And his name is Jesus Christ. Not only did he die on a cross for us, but he lived for us. And so his perfect living can count for us because we are all sinners. I have sinned, you have sinned. We have all disobeyed God this week, maybe even today already. But Jesus never disobeyed. And so the, the perfection of God is given to all those who will turn to Christ. And the Bible says that the consequence, the penalty of our sin against God is death. And because Jesus had no sin of his own to die for, God allowed him to die as a substitute. How wonderful it is that not only did he live for us, he died for us. And by rising again, he proved to us that he has the power to forgive us of our sins. To write our names in this book of life. The only way to avoid this judgment of God is through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, I, I'm a Christian. What about the consequence of my sin? Well, because God is loving and kind... He deals with the sins of Christians. He, he dealt with the ultimate judgment that's going to fall on humanity. He dealt with that for the Christian at the cross. 
but he still deals with your sin in your life today because he's loving the, the book of Hebrews in the 12th chapter in, in verses 9 and 10 and 11 talk to us about how a loving father disciplines his child. How he corrects that child so that the child will not ruin or wreck his life. How, how that child can turn away from making bad choices, from, from, from doing things that harm himself and others. And instead live in obedience, live in faithfulness and in righteousness and and the writer of hebrews says this he's comparing the discipline between a loving earthly father and the loving heavenly father and he says in 12 11 for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant now if i could talk to the writer of hebrews I would say, why don't you just go ahead and take out that word seems painful and just say it is painful, right? I've been there. I've been disciplined by my father. It didn't seem painful. It was painful. But he goes on to say, here is the purpose. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Out of his love, God is working in our lives, even through the consequence of our sin, to help us learn how to trust him, to help us learn how to live in obedience to him. And so Habakkuk would say, don't feel abandoned in those dark days. Look at verse 18. Habakkuk 3.18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, our Savior, is worthy of praise in difficult days. He has just come through the pronouncement of judgment against the people of God. That is going to lead to captivity. It's going to lead to change in every way that they have known how to live over the next few hundred years. But yet Habakkuk loves God, trusts God, knows that God is ultimately at work for the good of his people. And Habakkuk says, I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will take joy in the God of my salvation. My salvation, even through discipline, even through difficult, God is bringing us to salvation, to rescue us. It would be so encouraging to take a moment and let people come into a microphone and share how the Lord has taken things in their lives, mistakes that they've made, whether they were intentional or unintentional. Times when they've been caught up in wrong things. And for them to be able to share with us how God has worked to redeem those things. Just today, in Kentucky Today, our, our online news source, we've got a story about this bad dude who was in a biker gang. He was a truck driver. Has the word outlaw tattooed all over his forearm. And God pursued him. And pursued him and pursued him until he got him. And his life was changed. 
and his relationship with his children that had been broken was changed. A man who had been in jail for eight years off and on over the last 20 or 30 years, caught up in drugs and terrible choices, it was changed and his relationship with his own mother was restored. He talks about going into a store and he gets into a conversation with another man who is the clerk in this store. And this other man says that, that, that I used to be in the Hell's Angels gang. And this other man, that the man in the story, the one who's been redeemed, says, I used to be in the such and such gang. And they both share how God has changed their lives. And they say, what should we do? Because apparently there's a code. I didn't know there was a code. This is kind of scary to know. There's a code that where if these two gangs encounter each other, it needs to be a fight to the death. But God has delivered both of these men from that bondage, from that sin. And they say, instead of fighting, let's pray that God would call out other men who were involved in this lifestyle. Broken marriages restored. Broken churches restored. Churches that, 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 that couldn't get along with each other, that, that were known to the community for fussing and fighting. God can come and heal, even through judgment, even through discipline. He can heal and restore so that church is not just looking at itself for ways to fight and faction against one another, but instead becomes focused on reaching out to their neighbors around them. Habakkuk says, it's the joy of the Lord that I will rest in, that I will rejoice in, because I know that he is the God of my salvation. Today, he will restore you if you will turn to him. He desires to deliver you if you will turn to him. And you say, what I'm in is so much. How could God ever Restore that. Well, look with me at this last verse in this text. Habakkuk 3.19, he says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. The way that God delivers is through his strength, his ability to work in our lives. The deer that Habakkuk is talking about is a specific breed of deer. It's called a hind, H-I-N-D, known only to the Middle East. And in that rough and rocky terrain where, where the hillsides are, are filled with jagged rocks, this deer, this hind, she is able to climb up the side of that steep terrain to escape those who would pursue her. And the way she is able to do that is she is able to place one foot down and then her rear leg steps exactly to the spot where her front foot was just planted. She needs minimal space to move up that rocky cliff. And here Habakkuk says... God will give us the strength. He will give his people the strength to follow after him. If we will turn from our sin, you say, if I stop my drinking, if I stop getting drunk, how do I know that God's going to deal with that pain that's in my heart that I'm trying to cover over? If I turn away from my addiction, how do I know that God is going to come and he is going to bring healing to my heart? Where, where I've been trying to use all this other stuff to cover over that. 
You say, I've been cheating on my wife. How do I know that God's going to bring healing to that? What am I going to do if my whole world falls apart? Well, I can't guarantee you that everything's going to be just fine. I can tell you that he will give you the strength to endure and to take the next step. Because just like that deer, when we come to the point to where God is at work and he calls us out of our stealing and our lying and our greed and our addiction and our adultery and our drunkenness and our selfishness, he calls us to put our foot down on truth. And he says, when you put your foot there in that righteous place to repent and to follow after me, not only will I show you where to put your foot, but then I will give you the strength to take the next step to move forward in it. Just like that deer, she knows where to put her front foot so that she knows there's sure footing. There is a strong foundation. And then that rear leg pushes her up the side of that hill. The Lord says, you be faithful. You plant your foot where I show you to plant it. And I will give you the strength to take the next step. There are times when I have wandered in my mind, in my heart. And it takes a season and a process of God saying... Why are you trying to figure it out on your own? Why are you doubting? Put your foot there. And I'll give you the strength to take the next step from there. Friend, today God is calling to you to follow after him. To turn away from your sin. To turn away from what seems like the right answer to you. And instead, follow him. To realize that, 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 that if you have created this distraction, if you have created a substitution that you think is going to work out, it's going to be okay, know that judgment and discipline are coming your way because God in his grace, in his kindness, in his love is pursuing you. I believe that with my full heart, that you're here today, you're watching this live stream because he is pursuing you. And he wants you to turn from your sin and to place your faith in him and to follow him. Knowing that he will forgive you. Knowing that he will give you the strength to take the next step of restoration, of reconciliation. Would you turn to him? Maybe for the first time, would you trust in Christ? Maybe, Christian, there is something in your life that you have tried to hide from God. And you know deep down you're not, you're not hiding it from God. Would you confess that to him? And would you ask for his forgiveness and his strength to do what he's called you to do. And to take that next step of obedience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, that out of your love, God, that, that you pursue us. Lord, we thank you that out of your kindness that you have made a way for us to avoid the coming judgment against our sinfulness. That Jesus took our sin and instead offers us 
forgiveness. Lord, help us. Make our hearts tender. Help us to be quick to repent and to turn to you. Lord, we thank you that you will give us the strength to follow in obedience. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.